Welcome to Inside the Match, where Alex and Simone talk residency applications. We are two residents here to help you navigate the match. For each podcast, we'll bring you residents from various specialties and backgrounds to give advice. So today we are super excited to have Michael, who is an anesthesia chief resident. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it, Simone. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to learn all the tips and tricks for applying to anesthesia. So where are you a resident and what year are you? I am a resident here at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and my chosen specialty is anesthesiology. So we know that you applied a few years ago, but when you were applying into anesthesia, we have a few questions to learn about your application. Were you AOA? I was not. Were you gold humanism? I was gold humanism, yes. Were you president of your anesthesia specialty club? For me, I was. I was the co-president of our medical school anesthesia interest group, which had about 150 uh, members spread across all years. Oh my goodness. That is a lot of members for an anesthesia group. Yeah. How cool. And leadership is a great opportunity to talk about on the interview trail and something else that a lot of anesthesia programs do consider their applicants to have is research. So were you involved in research during medical school? I was, you know, I found it to be a time that I could never get back. The resources at my medical school were very rich for research, both clinical and basic science. And so I spent my medical school years doing basic science research with an anesthesiologist that split his time academically in the research lab doing mitochondrial calcium channel transporters. Oh my goodness, that brings me back to step one. Feels too long ago. So, you know, there are about 133 anesthesia programs across the country. And so how do you narrow down which programs to apply to? You know, for anesthesia, I truly feel like it's a hidden gem of a specialty. Most of my narrowing down came by word of mouth from previous senior medical students who had recently matched, or even a friend or two who were active residents in their program. The program that I ended up choosing was here at Mayo Clinic. I ended up meeting the program director, Dr. Tim Long, at the National Conference for Anesthesiologists, which happens to be the ASA, American Society of Anesthesiologists. They have an annual meeting in October. And so I attended that regularly for the past, the two years in my final time in medical school. Meeting him really was a big part of deciding to rank Mayo Clinic as my first choice. But as I was narrowing it down in general, I think the best advice I can give to those thinking about anesthesia application is to plan with the end in mind. Now, are you somebody that wants to stay in academia? If so, coming to an academic center that does some complex surgical cases for anesthesia is a very big win, so such as the case for Mayo Clinic in Rochester. If you're thinking that you want to be a private practice anesthesiologist, that component not as important. Regardless where you choose, I think it has to be a decision in your head as well as your heart, you know, seeing the end in mind and also just having a connection with the faculty and the area and the type of resident that's attracted to that program. So there's a few factors in mind. You definitely, I would say, want to be happy to go to work every day. And if you can answer that question in the affirmative, I think you found the right place for you. So when thinking about the application, part of it is where to apply, but other components are the 
actual experience sections where you're talking about the volunteer experiences, the leadership, the research, your work. And I was wondering, since you even recently applied to fellowship, what you would consider most important in terms of the organization of your application, whether you do bullet points or sentences or whether the quality versus quantity of your actual experiences make a difference. Oh, goodness, you're taking me way back now. <laughs> uh, although I'm fresh on this because of applying for a cardiac anesthesia fellowship, ERAS is a few years back now, but I pulled up my resume. I'm looking at the categories I have. I think a nice sentence, a summary sentence is helpful, especially to expound on a community service item. It, you don't have to elaborate in ERAS in too big a depth. They're not looking for an essay, but they are looking just for a little elaboration, helped organize, you know, structure formal events, recruited volunteers, something to that end. You know, I think I did write full sentences, but it doesn't have to be extravagant in terms of word count for the bullet points. So yes, bullet points are great. Short sentences, complete sentences, I think are going to be your major strength there. And in regards to the actual interview, which comes after you submit the application, those are really stressful for a lot of people. And within anesthesia, you might be meeting with the program director or the chair or other residents. So do you have any recommendations in order to prepare for an interview? Because people may not even have a lot of exposure to anesthesia. And so they may be unclear about what specific questions they might ask to differentiate programs. Absolutely. You know, something that I realized mid-interview cycle looking at residency programs was they were looking for me just as much as I was looking for them. So they are nervous as well. They want good residents. They want good trainees in their program. So some of the pressure come naturally off of your shoulders when you realize that. I can only advise to practice interviewing with a faculty member, with a senior medical student, with somebody who recently matched, I think that just gets the jitters off the quickest. You know, you'll be your best version of yourself. And after you have one or two under your belt, uh, it's a typical approach to schedule a couple interviews that might be maybe not your top choices as your first interviews as dry runs. Um, some have told me that. I think that's not bad advice. Once you have one or two under your belt, I found that it's pretty, uh, the nerves are, uh, are decreased quite, quite a bit. And I would have to say that one of my favorite people in the operating room in medical school was always the anesthesiologist. They were always calm. Uh, they were great under pressure, which fits part of the job, but they were always most importantly, so nice. So I would have to think that most anesthesia interviews happen to be more conversational with nice people, but some are not. So what questions did you get on the interview trail? What were some of the common questions and some that might be a little bit more challenging? That is absolutely the reputation of anesthesia residency <laughs> interview. They're conversation. I can't tell you any real dramatic questions that stuck with me. There were the occasional question about what would you do in this ethically difficult situation? But for the most part, it was tell me about yourself. What are your interests? What would you do with your spare time? here in you know named city why anesthesia what about the specialty attracts you to it tell me a time when you you know did this or that so you were totally right anesthesia residency interviews are really fun i would say because you get to meet all these fascinating brilliant people that you want to be like and 
you get to have, I, I can actually say I made, I made some mentors on that interview trail just because of some really interesting people and stories that I heard and started having some fun with it. And I think when you start having fun with it, uh, you know, you become more relaxed and more of your true self show. So yeah, you're right. Nothing to, nothing to fear on the interview trail for anesthesia. And I have to say that some of those people that you did meet on the interview trail, they could be your future colleagues or they could be your cardiac fellowship director in the future. So you never know who you are going to meet on the trail and meeting someone that is now your mentor is such a great way of showcasing that you don't have to go to a program to find an advocate there that'll support you. Absolutely. Yeah, those are all good signs that that could be a great fit for you. Just that interview day in and of itself. So anesthesia programs are different. You have some that are advanced positions. You have some that are categorical. And so I'm wondering if you can help us differentiate between those two and then also how to figure out the differences between sorts of programs and what they offer when you're interviewing. Anesthesia as a specialty is has two roads. One is the more popular road, which is categorical. You will, you will match into a program that will supply all four years of your training, including your intern year. Intern year to become a board-certified anesthesiologist and to enter residency as a PGY-2 must require certain rotations. That's going to be emergency medicine. That'll be a certain amount of inpatient medicine, ICU exposure. So the most common path into the match for anesthesia is a categorical match where all four years anesthesia residency are lumped into one in one package. Obviously, the first year is more focused on general medicine. So the alternate to a categorical match for anesthesia is what's called the advanced match, where you match into an intern year and a PGY-23 for anesthesia training separately. That can mean, hey, I want to stay at my home institution and do a internal medicine internship, and then I will move as a PGY-2. This is similar to radiology. This is similar to dermatology and you know other specialties. So that road is less traveled. And the trend in anesthesia, I would say, is more towards a categorical path. So this is nice. Anesthesia is a specialty you can change into. Say you started in, in surgery and you did a surgical internship. Well, that can count as your PGY-1 towards anesthesia residency. Same with a transition year of any sort like that. So those are the two paths. And uh, all in all, differentiating all this information between each program. And when I interview, I started with the famous Excel spreadsheet, writing down every detail I could think about, about those programs, their didactics, the strengths of their clinical exposure, kind of the leadership style of the program director, the location, cost of living. But you know what? I ended up throwing that Excel spreadsheet out the window after a few interviews because the goodness of fit of me and the program was something that didn't come through in all those data points. It was just, for me, a feeling of, hey, would I be happy here? Definitely. And it also really showcases that when you are ranking your residency programs at the beginning of the season, you may have a different intent, which was a spreadsheet for you. And at the end of the season, you realize that your gut feeling and the culture and family of that residency program is really key and important when making that decision. Absolutely. So did you send letters of interest or a letter of intent at the end of your interview season when you did determine where you wanted to go and what was at the top of your list? I did. I did. I think it's the, the, the number one rule in the match is to always tell the truth. It's 
only fair to the programs that are interviewing you and the programs that you're interviewing where you stand in your level of interest. So I found it beneficial not to single in on one program and tell them you are my number one pick until it became very clear to me who that would be. So I did send letters of intent of the verbiage of I've had a great experience interviewing. I found that there's a lot of advantages I would foresee in joining your program as a trainee. Here are the things I really appreciated. I have a high level of interest. Uh, thank you for taking the extra time to answer these questions that I had. And I would name a few that came up in my interview time. So I sent a letter of interest, probably three or four, I'll say of the 10 places I interviewed. And I found that that generated a lot of great offline email discussion and uh, ongoing communication with those places. Well, Michael, you have provided us so many wonderful tips in order to apply to anesthesia. Is there anything else that you would like to offer or add about the interview or the application process? It is a fun process, not maybe fun as you're sitting down to prepare studying for step one or step two, for those <laughs> listeners who may be listening now, I it's not fair for me to say fun now because uh, I'm through it, but I would say it would look back with a lot of positive memories. Uh, the process of interviewing, exploring the country. You know, when I traveled, these interviews were in person. That was a particular highlight is traveling the country and seeing all sorts of different cities that perhaps I've never even been to. And uh, that experience, I think, can still occur to a certain degree in this virtual interview process that we are going through, have been through and perhaps go through in the future, um, because it's just a time of a lot of soul searching of what you want in a training program, what you want your future to look like, you know, enjoy every step in the journey. That's my best advice. That is great advice. And speaking of fun, can you share a fun fact about yourself, Michael, totally unrelated to the field of medicine? You know, I told you I was not AOA, so I had to have some other fun facts that uh, <laughs> make me stand out. Uh, I'm a six foot eight basketball player, and I enjoyed some of my college years playing for Brigham Young University at the time, played in the Mountain West Conference and West Coast Conferences, and, you know, got to play against some very high level competition. I myself not being the most famous of those, not by a long shot, <laughs> but, you know, I enjoy turning on the NBA finals and saying, hey, I played against that guy. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, he was a lot better than me. And I, I chose a different path for sure. I never made it to the NBA, but I enjoy basketball and try to put my height to some other good use other than, you know, reaching things in the operating room. <laughs> <laughs> How cool. But also I hope that you're using those skills to have some sort of basketball intramural team in Rochester, Minnesota. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yes. Find me uh, if you ever come through Rochester for a, a full court basketball game. How cool. And one last thing, a fun fact about your program. If anybody is tuning into Anesthesia, they better look at Shakira's graduation video to the class of 2021 at Mayo. What a cool way to celebrate the end of a residency. <laughs> yeah, she made a guest appearance. It was a surprise to all of us. So we're going to have a tough time topping that at this year's senior banquet for sure. So the pressure's on. Hopefully we can deliver. 
Good luck, Chief Michael. Well, that's all the time we have today with Michael. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Match. Special thanks to Kevin McCloyd for the music and be sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast. Catch our next podcast to learn more application tips and hear from another awesome resident or leader in medical education.